Thanks, Corey. Every now and then, some crazy thing happens and I don't know what to say. I said that to Pastor Brian once and he laughed. He said, you've always got something to say. He's always honest. How are you this morning? Good? Can you turn me up a little bit? No? Is it loud out there? It's not very loud here. I like to be loud. I've got to try and compete with Corey. Um, so you doing all right this morning? Good? Uh, I thought I'd start. So much to say. So much to say. Um, we have been, Pastor Brian and Pastor Julian and myself have been talking about doing this for a long time and it just, just haven't been able to get our dates and work things out, but uh, we really want to do this uh, a bit more regularly. And it's, I'm really excited because it's good for our guys in Maui to hear the heart um, of, the, of City Builders' house from someone other than me. So, so I think it's really exciting. So I think that's good. What we've been doing, the finishing generation, we've been doing that in our discipleship group. If you, can get, if you don't have that book, can I say you should get it? It is phenomenal to use a word that Corey tried to use in his resume once, that he was phenomenal. Um, but it talks about one of the things that, that Dr. Jonathan David talks about in there is breakthrough believers. And a breakthrough believer is an extraordinary believer with a prevailing kingdom mentality and a Christ-likeness in expression of character, rising progressively to God's given calling and, and I've forgotten it now, rising progressively to God's given mandate. I'm, 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 can you come and say it? Can you come and say it? Come on, come on. Come on, Felicity. Come on, you can do it. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on. I'm just going to keep standing here for the next 45 minutes. Come on. Come on, Felicity. Come on down. Right up here. This is my one and only beautiful daughter. All right, go for it. A breakthrough believer is an extraordinary believer with a prevailing kingdom mentality and a Christ-likeness and expression of character, rising progressively to their God-given potential and calling that is now being used to create influence and impact upon those around them for the purpose of kingdom advancement. You can have it down pat and then you get up here in front of all these people and you go, what's happening? So you've got to understand that I'm used to, first of all, I'm used to being down on this level and second of all, I'm used to looking at about 20 people. I'm not used to so many people. All right, so, uh, so that's what we've been doing. We've been doing that in our discipleship group. We've been talking about that since the end of June and can I say every single person that is connecting in our uh, church down there and connecting with the message has moved forward dramatically and it's uh, and it's changed it's changed the whole atmosphere it's changing the whole culture in, in our church it's exciting to see what's happening so uh, can I uh, what I wanted to say I wanted to say that but I want to say that's you that's you we are breakthrough believers that's what God's called us to do that's what God calls us amen now I don't know what you're like now, 
but I know what you used to be like, and you used to be a rowdy, loud bunch. So I like response. Well, a tough crowd. I like response. That's better. So two things. I, I really believe God gave me a word this morning during worship. We were singing that song. Um, now I forgot the words. Uh, I, something's changing in the spirit. Something's breaking. I can feel it. And, and, and it's sort of a funny thing. I felt like sometimes a thing that needs to break is our mindset. Something that needs to break is our mentality. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll preface it with this. So, so Corey mentioned it about Jacob coming to uh, Bethel. And it said, if you read it, he came to a certain place. It was just a normal, everyday place. He couldn't see what was going on in the spirit. And then he went to sleep and God gave him a dream. And in the dream, the heavens were open and there was a ladder uh, extended to heaven and angels were, weren't descending, angels were ascending and descending. And whenever the Bible puts certain things in, in, in order, that's the order that you need to read it with. They were already on the ground, but he didn't know it. Sometimes we think there is this funny imagery with heaven that we want it to come down and we do. There's this imagery that heaven comes down, but there's also the realisation that heaven is here. So what we've got to do is captivate the fact that heaven's here no matter what you're going through. Heaven's right there with you. Paul said, do you not know that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? You know, the, the Holy Ghost is on the inside. And what we've got to do is uh, sometimes the thing that needs to break is our thinking. God, I need you. No, God says I'm right here with you. Let's do this together. Let's partner together. I haven't made you to be a victim. I've made you to be a victor. Amen. And so we're going to start to shift our mentality and say, God, what are you doing in this place? Let me see exactly what it is you're doing. If you're going to take photos, make sure you tell me so I can give you a better pose. All right? I do have a bad side. That one. All right? Um, So that was the first part. The second part is that the, the Scripture that came to me is in 2 Kings 13. It's just before Elisha passes away. And he's talking to the king and he says, open the east window, shoot an arrow through. And he says, right, now take the arrows in your hand and strike the ground. And he struck, the king struck the ground three times. And Elisha got angry. He said, why did you stop? He said, because every time you struck the ground is, is, what, is the defeat you're going to have over the Syrians, the, the, the country that had been invading, the country that had been harassing them, the country that had been trying to enslave them and fight with them. And he said, keep striking. I felt like God was saying to you, City Builders Church Sale, keep striking. Don't stop. Don't, don't end after a couple of goes. Keep going. Keep pushing. You know, they tell me, I haven't, I haven't learned from experience, although I had a little bit of manual labour yesterday. They tell, me, they tell me, I heard a story about a guy breaking down a brick wall. And he got the sledgehammer out and he hit the wall and nothing happened. He hit the wall and nothing happened. He hit the wall and nothing happened. He did that 39 times. And the natural eye, nothing was going on. And on the 39th time, the wall came down. No, 39th time, there was a slight little hairline crack went through the wall. 39 hits with a sledgehammer. I probably would have given up after about 10. Puffed out. You know, not, no, not supposed to laugh at that part. And then he said he got a small tool and he started hammering away and opening the crack up and the wall came down with in a short period of time. Sometimes it think, you feel like, it looks like thing, nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. 
sometimes you can be so close to breakthrough. You know, what I've explained to our guys is breakthrough is like an iceberg. People see the breakthrough part, the thing that you've broken through in, that's like the bit of iceberg that you can see, but there's a whole lot more of the iceberg underneath that took you to that place. You know, sometimes breakthrough is just doing the same thing in the same way, in the same direction, not giving up, not changing, not, not moving, but just keep pushing through and then you have breakthrough. No matter what you're going through this morning, God is calling you a breakthrough believer. God is saying, don't give up. God is saying, keep pressing on, keep pushing forward, keep pushing through. I read a thing yesterday on Facebook. It said, Philippians is, is uh, renowned as being one of the happiest books of the Bible. And yet it was written in prison. Your circumstance doesn't have to dictate to you how you feel. So I don't even know what I'm going to talk about this morning. I thought I did. I wanted to talk about legacy. Is that all right with you? So, so I really believe this, that if you're new this morning or newish, you probably haven't even seen me before. That's okay. Lucky you. But I'm part of this house. I've been in part of this house for a long time. And uh, for those of you who do know me, I, I just keep, I keep hammering home, a bit like the sledgehammer on the wall. We didn't went, we were sent. All right, I know that's not good English, but it helps to explain. All right, so, so we are part of this house. We have an amazing legacy as part of City Builders. And I want to say, I love Pastor Brian, but he's not here. So I, I love Pastor Lynn. She is an amazing woman. She's an amazing mum. Make sure we honour her. Make sure we cover her. Make sure we protect her. Tell you what, anyone comes near you, hear her, you sh- ready to bring the sword out, all right? You, you got, we've got to cover one another. We've got to protect one another. We've got to honour one another because that's, that's what's been put into us. That's the dynamic that's been put into us. So, so you may not know me very well this morning, but that's okay. I really believe God wants to speak to you this morning. No matter, you, you're going to get something out of this message, whether you've been here for five minutes, five years or 50 years. We haven't been going for 50 years, have we? So, that, so that's all right. That's not you. Um, no matter how long or how short you've been here, there's something that you're going to receive this morning from the message. So I want to talk about legacy. And we have a legacy here at City Builders, an amazing legacy. Can you turn with me if you've got your Bibles? We're in church. I hope you do. To the book of 2 Kings, chapter 2. And there's only a few verses that I want to focus on this morning. We're going to read a couple more just to give it context, if that's okay. Well, I don't know if it's okay. No one answered. Um, 2 Kings, chapter 2, verse 1. This is Elijah. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. I can feel something's changing in the spirit. Something's breaking. I can feel it. They could feel something was about to happen. They knew that something was going to take place. 
Number, verse 4, Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. We've got to stick together. We've got to stay the course. We've got to not give up. We're going to knock back down, not get out of the fight early. We're going to, you know why I love that book is it's the finishing generation. We've got to learn to finish well. We can have, many of us have a good start, but we don't finish well. We've got to finish well. Amen? Verse 6. Are we up to verse 6? 5. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered and said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. You're getting the picture. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elijah saw it. And he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. And it goes on, but we'll stop there. What is legacy? What is legacy? You know, when someone dies, people may ask, what was their legacy? I mean, what they're really asking is, what did they serve? What did they leave behind that others can connect to? So legacy is what we leave behind, but so is monuments, history, traditions, heritage. These are all things that we understand that are left behind. But legacy is different. We need to know how it's different. What makes it different? Uh, legacy is different because it's also what we connect with, not just what we leave behind. You know, when someone leaves behind a legacy, it's not just their story. It's not just tradition. It's something that I can connect with, something that we can begin to connect with. Legacy is different. Legacy is greater than one life. Legacy is the sum total of many serving the same cause. See, if I, if I serve myself, it dies with me. But if I serve something greater than myself, then when I pass on, others can connect with what I was serving. But if I serve something greater than myself, it doesn't have to wait till I die for others to connect with it. People can connect with what I'm connecting with even while I'm alive and we connect together. Legacy is a living thing. It's an active thing. Reminds me of the Holy Ghost. 
It's living. It's active. It's sharp. Legacy is different. City Builders has a legacy. And amen would have been great then. City Builders has a legacy. Hello. Funny, funny bunch this morning. Pastor Brian and Lynn carry legacy in their heart. They, they've carried it in their heart for a long time and we can connect with it. They've received it and they carry it and they give it out. So how do we connect with it? How do we connect with legacy? Number one, I know that you like points. So number one, legacy comes through relationship. Now, some of you may think you know this. Some of you do know some. But I really believe there's another dimension that you need to hear this morning. So please don't think, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I know this. We can always learn something. I learn something from my 12-year-old and 10-year-old, sometimes even my 4-year-old, because he talks that much. You can't help but learn something. Legacy comes through relationship. In verse 11, it says, Then it happened as they continued on and talked. There was this relational connection between Elijah and Elisha. The sons of the prophets, they'd received ministry. They received impartation, but they didn't follow with Elijah. They didn't walk with him. Elisha had to fight for it too. He had to fight for that relationship, that connection, because every time they, came, they went to go to another place, Elijah kept saying to him, wait here. And he said, no way, I'm coming with you. He had to push in. He had to fight. There's a relational connection. Legacy is a team thing. It's not about just you. It's not about just me. It's about us together. We can achieve some things by ourselves, but we can achieve great things when we're together. Every time I come into this building, it amazes me. You know, I had a very, very minute part of it. I live an hour away, but you guys have put in such a major effort here and yes, it was hard work. And yes, it seemed to drag on and on and on and on and on. But you did it. It was a team thing. You know, it's a, it's a, what it should be is a symbol and a sign to you of what we can do when we connect together, when we run together, when, we're, when we operate as one. So much can be achieved. Legacy is not just an event. It's a journey. Now, in today's day and age, in today's society, we don't like talking about process. We don't like talking about journey. We love events. In the world, it's the next party. It's the next concert. Let's get together. Next coffee. It's the next thing. The next sports game. In church, it can be the next Sunday, the next worship service, the next conference. But it's a journey. Legacy is a journey. Now, all of those things, not the world things, all the, all the church things are really good. Next church service, next worship service, next conference, they can be really good. But legacy's got the long vision. Legacy's, hey, this is where God's taking us. And all those things put together help to build us to where we're going. We've got to have a journey mentality with legacy. We need to understand that God's taking us on a journey far greater than just an event. Sometimes we can have a, a uh, how do I say it? 
Sometimes Sunday or, or the music just doesn't go the way we wanted it to. It can seem to flop. I'll put that in inverted commas. You know what? When it's all about an event, that can really get, get you. It can really mess you up. But when you know it's about the journey, you go, you know what? Yeah, we could have done better. Yeah, we could have done different. But, you know, there's always next week. There's always the next. We're, we're on the journey. It's like a relay race. Legacy's like a relay race. You're passing the baton. You know, unfortunately, we, not every, everybody builds this way in church. And so you see it. One, one man captures a vision. He runs with it, runs with it, runs with it for the duration of his life. And at the end of his life, he's got no one to pass it on to. And so the next person comes and they start back at the start. And they run that same leg of the race again. And when they get to the end, guess what? They go back to the start. The next person goes back to the start. I know you're waiting for me to trip over, but I'm not going to trip over. And they keep running. Got to keep you laughing. It's very serious this morning. So, so what God wants us to do, you see it in it, right at the start with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God want, wants the generations to capture something together, pass it on from one generation to the next. Everything that God does in you, look, I hate to burst your bubble. Everything that God does in you is not for you. It's for others and for the house and for the legacy. So your contribution, you've got something to contribute. You think God was depositing it for you and your benefit, but God's depositing it in you to contribute. Dr. Jonathan talks in his book that we need contributors, not consumers. Participators, not spectators. I was going to say something, but I won't. I'm coming to that. So legacy is relational. Communication is vital. It's a heart-to-heart connection. If you're not a communicator, you need to find a way. You've got to learn how. Some people, my, I, I, my son's a talker like his dad. I'm a talker. Sometimes you have to, Pastor Brian, shut up. Um, right, so, so I don't understand that issue. I don't have that, a problem with that. Okay, I talk a lot. Sometimes my wife's like, I've heard this story before. <laughs> I didn't ask that. I just want you to listen to my story. Because I'm enjoying telling it. I don't, I don't, I'm not worried if you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> All right, so, so I'm a communicator. But what you got to do, not everybody's like that. And that's okay. I don't, you don't have to be like me or be a communic- the master communicator. You just got to find a way of communicating your heart to ones around you that you trust. You gotta, we've got to be able to do this because when you do that, you open your heart up so that you can begin to connect heart to heart. While I hold it in, on the inside and I don't communicate it, it's like I can hear someone else. But I, 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 it ends there. I never cross the line of actually being able to have a shared thing going on. Does that make sense? So we've got to be able to learn how to communicate. Not just about the weather. Not just about work. People say, oh, have you been talking to so-and-so? Yeah, 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 I've been talking every day. And then you drill down and you go, what have you been talking about? Oh, work and stuff. That's useless. You've got to talk about stuff in the heart. 
You gotta talk about what's happening with you, what's God saying to you, what's God doing in you. Sometimes we don't wanna talk about that. You know why? Because we don't actually have much to talk about. Because we go, oh, I don't think God's doing much in me. God is, he's, if nothing else, he's going, open up, will ya? Come on, let me in. Yeah, come on, I'm right here. And if you need a scripture, it's in Revelation. <laughs> Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So we've got to keep communicating. You know, I know for me, you, you know, we laugh about me being communicated, but something that in my late teen years, something that I would struggle, not struggled with, something that I cried out for when I prayed is I'd pray and cry out f- for someone to, to find someone that, I could, that would understand me would understand what's in my heart. I'd pray that. You know what? God brought me someone. And it's not my wife. I know you're all thinking, oh, it's Mari. <laughs> it was Pastor Brian. Mari wasn't even on the scene then. But you know what? I found someone I could communicate to in all this way, in all my weird and weird ways of explaining things, and he he just he'd know where I was at. When he spoke, it's like what was in me went, ah! Goes, yes! That's exactly how I'm feeling, but I can't explain or express it. I'm like, God, you've answered my prayer. You've given me someone who understands me. It was way more than that. God was doing way more than that. But that was the cry of my heart at the time. Sometimes we just need someone to understand us. And we've got to be able to connect relationally, connect in our heart to people around us, the ones that God, you can't do that with everybody, but you've got to find the ones that God's given you. On a note, can I say this? Only heaven can separate fathers and sons. And I want to qualify, it says, it says there that the chariot of fire came from heaven and Elijah was taken up. Only, only heaven can separate fathers and sons. In other words, when it's, the, when it's the time, when it's time for the father to go home and they go, that is the only thing that can separate fathers and sons. Sons that carry true legacy in their heart, not circumstances, not situations, not bad attitudes, not opinions, not stupid ideas, and I've had plenty of them. I remember, I remember that one, Joel. Thank you very much. I'll call on you later. Um, not any of those things will separate you if you are a true son or daughter. You know, when I say sons, it's sons and daughters. It'll never separate fathers and sons. The only thing that separates fathers and sons is heaven. All right, so if, when people get dumb ideas, we've got to keep coming back to allowing our ideas to be adjusted. Number two, don't worry, I've only got 12 points this morning. I haven't really. (laughs) Number two, when our spirit, how do we connect with legacy? When our spirit is switched on. What does that mean? Pastor Simon, what are you talking about? We know there's IQ, intellectual quotient. Now they understand that there's EQ, and it's not, I'm not talking about anything to do with the sound. Emotional quotient. But there's also SQ, which is spiritual quotient. We need to have, have, be spiritually switched on. 
We, we, we go to the gym. Well, some of us go to the gym. We go to the gym to get physically fit. Also need to do the things to become spiritually fit. You know, prayer, worship, uh, speaking in tongues. <gasps> yes, that one. Praying in the Holy Ghost, building your spirit because your spirit's like a muscle. You know, can I say this? There are a lot of Christians that are spiritually obese. We sit every Sunday, hear a message, we worship, we self-indulge, but our spirit's not strong. Not you, I'm not talking about you, other people. None of you, other Christians. So we've got to make sure we're not spiritually obese. We've got, to be, we've got to become spiritually fit. How do you change that? If you're not going to the prayer meeting, come along to the prayer meeting. If you're not part of discipleship, get involved in discipleship. If you don't, if you don't engage in worship, if this is your engagement in worship, in a fast song, <laughs> change it. Do something different. So when our spirit switched on, we engage with legacy. In verse 12, it said, Elisha saw it. He said, back in verse 10, Elijah said, if you see me when I'm taken, you'll get what you're asking for. And in verse 12, it said, Elisha saw it. You know what it tells me? It was, he, was able, he was able to be there, but not see it. Other, other, the sons of the prophets weren't even there. So some people weren't even there. But Elisha was there. But it said Elisha saw it. So if he saw it, he was seeing something that you just couldn't naturally see. He was connected. He was sharpened in his spirit. He was, he was open up. He was spiritually switched on. He knew that there was something changing the atmosphere. He knew that something was going to happen with his master. But he saw it because he was switched on. Sometimes we don't see stuff. Sometimes we don't engage the way we need to engage because we don't see it. We're not spiritually switched on. We've got to start to sharpen ourselves. Sometimes we can be as sharp as a bowling ball when it comes to spiritual things. Anyway, I'll get back up here. So we've got to be sw switched on. What did he do when he saw it? He tore his own clothes. Why do you think he did that? Looking for uh, engagement this morning. Joel, you've got plenty to say. Told you I'd call on you. Why do you think he tore his clothes? I reckon that's pretty good. Lucky I gave you that extra time. Thinking time. He tore his own clothes. Why did he do that? So I reckon there's a couple of things, but separation of self. He, he's on the right track. He no longer tied to his own ideas and his own ways. He started to connect with something else. Just leave your finger in two kings and flick over to two Corinthians, please. It's a scripture. If you've been around church any length of time, you would have heard this. If not read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, for, we do not, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, 
bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You know, sometimes our biggest problem is our dumb ideas, wrong concepts, wrong mindsets. And when we're connected relationally, we're able to talk to people that we trust, we're able to have them adjusted lovingly. I've had many of my silly ideas adjusted lovingly over the years. And it does, it's not nice at the time, but it's not nice working in the gym either. Some people act like they love it. No one likes those people. <laughs> but it's the same way. It's, even though it's not nice at the time, you thank God for it later. Because we all need our thinking adjusted. Because we've got to bring every thought into captivity. You know, the greatest issue that we face is not the devil. The greatest obstacle to your forward movement is, guess who? You. This up here can be your greatest obstacle, the way that you think. You know, we struggle with the way, with the way that we think about things. But probably the greatest struggle that people face about a subject is themselves. How they see themselves. Because we, we struggle with the fact of, this is what God says, but that's not what I see. We can spend hours in the mirror getting ready every morning and be looking at ourselves, but we can't see for looking who we really are and who God says we are. So we've got to adjust our thinking. We've got to allow that thinking. And that can be so deep in our psyche, so deep in our, right down deep in our heart. We need to allow the people that we trust and expose that and allow that to be uprooted to change that concept. Because when we begin to connect with what God says about us, things start to shift and change. It's got to be challenged. You know, things like discipleship can help because you come into a place where people that you can trust, you're able to open up to. Number three, the third way that we connect with legacy is legacy is given to us. Well, that's pretty easy. But you need spiritual IQ or SQ to receive it. You can, you can be given legacy. Elisha had the opportunity to receive legacy, but unless he saw it, unless he was spiritually switched on, he wouldn't have received it. Is it hot in here? It's just a tough crowd. You know, in, in these verses, you can flick back in the verses in 2 Kings 13 and verse 13 and 14, it talks about Elijah and his mantle. The mantle represents legacy. We cannot connect with legacy. Well, sorry, we can, we can connect with legacy because those that carry it give it to us but it can't be taken and it can't be stolen. Legacy is something that's given and it's given and received in relationship and it's given and received because we're spiritually attentive and spiritually sharp. You know, if you read, let's read verse 13 and 14 again. He said, he also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then verse 14 says, then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. He just said that. And, and struck the water and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Every time the Bible repeats itself, it's for a reason. 
God's not just saying something because they were hard of hearing. He's not just saying it again because they weren't listening. There's a reason why things are repeated. Why was it repeated? You know why it was repeated? Because you can pick up legacy in a natural way. We can pick it up in the heart and the spirit. You can come to City Builders. You can be friends of Pastor Brian and Lynn. You can love the atmosphere in the house. You can love what God's doing. And, and you can help with the rebuilding of Cobb & Co and whatever other next project Joel can think of. That was a joke. Um, but it can all be natural. It can all be just connecting in a natural plane, in a natural way. Or you know what? Can I even say this? In a safe way. We, we often connect, oh, we just connect, this is safe. doesn't require a great deal of accountability or vulnerability from me. So this is safe, I can connect this way. And you feel like you're a part of it until you're not. Then you can feel like you're, 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 you're doing what God wants you to do until you feel like you don't. And the way to fix it is connect in a greater way, in a deeper way. It's got to be a heart thing. It's got to be a spiritual thing. We, we say this all the time. This thing is caught more than it's taught. You may not remember all the points, although to remember all the points is really good from what Pastor Brian's talking about. But you capture the heart of the message. You capture the heart of the house. You capture the spirit of it. You carry it on the inside. That's the difference. Not just, you can, you can have someone, you have two people, one person that knows all the points. And one person goes, look, I forget half of them, but this is what it is. And you capture it in your heart. And there's, and there's a big difference. If you can get the third person that knows all the points and is connected with it in their heart, that's A1. That's a breakthrough believer. That's an extraordinary believer. How you doing? Nearly finished. Thank you, Jesus, they all said. Just got, there's some just distinctives about people. When people connect with legacy, this is what you'll see. This is what you'll notice when people connect with legacy. You hear it in their speech. They honour those they receive, have received it from. You know, Elisha came to the River Jordan and he, and he struck the River Jordan with the mantle and he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? There was honour in his heart for Elijah, even though Elijah was gone. You know, the best way to know what you think about someone is how you speak about them when they're not there. Elijah had gone, he'd been taken up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha came to the Jordan and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? There was honour in his heart for what Elijah carried because it was honour for what he was now carrying. They speak of God in the same way the person they received it from spoke of God. They know God in the same way. They connected with the person for so long they understand and they hear the character of God in the same way. They don't represent themselves. When you see someone who carries legacy, they don't represent themselves. In verse 15, the sons of the prophets could recognise that the spirit of Elijah rested on Elisha. Why? Because he was carrying it. Because he didn't represent himself. You still look like you. Sometimes that's unfortunate. You still sound like you, but with one distinct difference. 
is, is when I speak, people can hear Pastor Brian speaking. When Julian shares, you can hear Pastor Brian speaking. When Pastor Brian speaks, you can hear Dr. Jonathan speaking. There's this weird thing that goes on. It's, not, it's a great weird thing, not a bad weird thing. You're still you. But what you carry and people can hear the person that you've drawn legacy from through you. And you know what? You, what you carry isn't yours. You under, the people that carry legacy know that what they carry is not theirs. It's, it's, you carry it, but it's not yours. It's been given to you. I know that what I have is not mine. It's a grace that's been given to me and I carry it in that way, prepare it, hold it, advance it, increase it, ready to hand it on to the next generation. When people carry legacy, others will acknowledge it. Sometimes we, we want people to acknowledge us. Sometimes we want to be seen and get the fame and the glory. Don't be a pastor, you won't get fame and glory. And we want others to acknowledge it. And it says in verse 15, they came to meet him. The sons of the prophet came to meet Elisha and bowed down to the ground before him. Now I have never ha had one person bow down to the ground before me. So I'm not talking about bowing down to anyone, all right? Let's get that sorted out. But it shows a picture, gives us a picture of what it's like. They bowed down to say that honour, they acknowledge what was on Elijah now rests on this man and they honour it. There's an acknowledgement. Your brothers and sisters in the faith can acknowledge what's on you. If they're not acknowledging what's on you, you can get all prickly and frustrated, but maybe it's because it's not really showing itself yet. Sometimes we know what's going on on the inside, but what happens on the outside isn't the same. People will come to find you. When, when you carry legacy, people will come to find you because the frequency you carry draws them. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about outside the four walls. When you're at work, people will come to talk to you. People will open up to you. People want to hear what you think. People ask you what your opinion is or, or what, what answers do you have for this situation in my life? Because they, well, while they can't actually name what it is over you, they acknowledge there's something different about you. There's something distinctively different about you than even other Christians that work in this place. And people will join with you to help build what you carry. So even in your workplace, people will join with you to help build what you're changing the atmosphere, changing the culture in the workplace because there's something different about you. Carry legacy in your heart. Is that all right? That's good. There is so much that we can be part of. I don't know what you guys do. Is someone going to come and play keys for me today? Anyone? Joel? So can I just say, first and foremost, we connect with the legacy of Jesus Christ got to be first and foremost and if we're building accurately the way that God is telling us to build then we'll be completely locked into that legacy 
If, we're, if anybody's building something that's not built on that, it will stand out like a sore thumb. You'll never hear the name Jesus. You won't hear the character. You won't hear any expression about Christ. But if we're building accurately, we're completely locked into that legacy. And, it's, and I know that it is the way in this place. Yeah, you've got reach out. What are your four pillars? Reach out, restore, rebuild, reconnect. Probably not in that order. Whatever. But, you know, to reach out is the heartbeat of Jesus. So you may be one of three people this morning. I don't know everyone here this morning. You may not know him that well. You may not know Jesus. You may want to get to know him. You may have only just recently been introduced to him and you want to know him more. I'm going to invite you this morning to come. I'd like to pray for you. Someone will pray for you. About inviting Jesus into your heart and connecting with the legacy he left for us to connect with. Legacy of restoration, to turn your life around, to rebuild you, reform your life. Maybe you want to go deeper with a legacy in this place. Maybe you've connected with it, but you just need to go a bit deeper, go a bit further. You know, allow it to, to, to really capture you a bit more. And thirdly, you may just want to cross over. Maybe you've connected for a while in this place. Maybe you've been connected for a long time. Maybe you, you really feel like you've connected with the heart, Pastor Brian Lynn's heart. But I don't, I don't believe that there's anybody in this place that has got it all sorted out. Elisha took the mantle of Elijah and they struck the Jordan. The Jordan represents a boundary. And he crossed over. And I really believe there are a number of people here that have got to cross over this morning. Other people, whatever the reason is you're here this morning, whatever, however you want to respond to the message, that's fantastic and I'll pray for you. But I really believe there are a number of people this morning who have got to cross over. You've connected with legacy to a degree. But maybe, maybe we're still stuck in that natural element. Maybe we're just going to take it a bit further. God, let me, how do I do this? How do I connect the way that I need to? What is he talking about? That's okay. You go, I, I think I want to, but I've got no idea how, and I've got no idea what he's talking about. Don't worry about it. God knows what he's doing. And maybe this morning is for you to cross over, to take that step. To go, all right, I'm going to step in. I'm going to cross over. One of the most bizarre stories in the Bible is the man at the pool of Bethesda. 38 years he waited on the side of the pool. Because every now and then, occasionally, an angel would come down and stir the water and the person that got in there first would be healed. And so there were people all around and this lame man was there. And he, for 38 years he'd been waiting and Jesus rocks up on the scene and he explains it, his story to Jesus. He said, every time the angel comes to stir the water, I try to get in, but someone else beats me to it. And you know what Jesus' response is? 
it's, it's, it's crazy. He goes, do you want to be made well? And you think, Jesus, did you hear anything he said? 38 years ago, he's been hanging out, waiting, trying to get in. Of course he wants to be made well. But you know what? We can get so used to the way things are. We think that's our lot in life. We think this is as far as I can make it. So he says, do you want to be made well? Can I ask you this morning, do you want to cross over? Do you want to cross over? Do you want to change the things that you're frustrated about? Do you want to begin to break out of the past, break out of the old way of thinking, break out of everything that's holding you back? You go, I wish I could connect the way that I want to in my heart. Then this day's for you. It's time to come over, come across, cross over together. I was trying to do a happy message. I am my father's son. But you know what? It's time. For some of you, it's time. Don't stay on that side any longer. Come over, cross over this morning. Amen? So just as the music plays, you respond in your own way. You respond in your own heart. Come down the front. Don't let your response be to stay in your seat. Let me, let me rephrase that. You respond to what you believe God's doing in your heart, but come. If you don't want me to pray for you, don't have an issue with that. I'm sweaty anyway. But come and let God do what He wants to do in your heart this morning. As I believe this, as you do that, as you step out of your seat and come down here, you begin to shift something. Something's changing in the spirit. Something's breaking. I can feel it. Something's breaking as you get out of your seat and come down this morning. Amen? Come.